וכמה דף קו"ו עמוד א', סלקט ביזנס פרטנרס קושיוסלי, כיוון שקיבלו בעלים שבועה. With a piece of Gemara such as this and, and the, uh, the ideas that we develop out of it, it, it kind of makes me sad to think that there are people in the world who will not have learned this. What we're learning about is that suspicion is poisonous. It's poisonous for the person who is suspicious. If we are suspicious of others, it poisons us. And it's a poison that's almost impossible to ever get rid of. And that's the Gemara says, We learn from, from Moshe Rabbeinu, if a person is suspicious of people who've done nothing wrong that you, that you know of, it erodes your body. It does physical damage to you. And, and how do you get rid of a suspicion? You suspect, you suspect somebody of something, there are no facts, how do you ever get rid of that? That's why the Torah is so, and we see it in Halakha, is so meticulous that we should avoid things that give rise to suspicion. There are many examples of Halakha. The one that we know, uh, that is well known, is if I live on the corner of two streets and I, light, and I have an entrance on each street and I light Hanukkah candles in, in front of my main entrance, but I don't light Hanukkah candles in front of my other entrance. I don't have to. I only have to light once. Uh, that's not a good thing, the Gemara says, because of Cheshadon in Halacha. To avoid suspicion, I should light on both corners. So that if somebody's only walking past the one side and he looks at my house and he doesn't see the Hanukkah lights and he thinks I didn't like, light Hanukkah lights. Who cares? What do I care if somebody walks and doesn't think I lit Hanukkah lights? I know I lit Hanukkah lights. Hashem knows I lit Hanukkah lights. My family knows I lit Hanukkah lights. Everybody else knows I lit Hanukkah lights. One guy who walked down the street and didn't see Hanukkah lights and thinks badly of me, what do I care? It's not about me that the Torah is worried about. What the Torah is worried about is I have manufactured poison which the other person has consumed. It, it's a it's a ben adam the idea of not doing something don't do it because of suspicion is not so that I won't be suspected it's so that you won't suspect me because the impact of suspicion what the damage that suspicion does to you the person who's suspecting is so immense and one never gets rid of it how do you ever get rid of it for the rest of the person's life, he's going to have in his mind this, uh, I, what, is, what he thinks of this person. It's an unnecessary suspicion. And it erodes one physically. So we are responsible to one another not to do things that give rise to suspicion. And what if there is already suspicion? So we'll see in the Torah there is a mechanism for removing suspicion under certain circumstances. And in understanding that mechanism, we'll understand a, a strange piece of Torah, of Chumash, and an even stranger law of Rav, a din that Rav articulates on our, on our daf in, in Kufvav. The piece of, um, of Chumash is from Pashat Mishpatim that we've just read. And it's to do with, with all the Gemara that we're busy with at the moment. If a man gives another man an animal to take care of. This doesn't apply only to animals, of course, but the Torah gives the example of, of the animal. And this animal dies or it's stolen or it, it, it's damaged. We're talking... As I'll learn here, we're talking about a Shomer Sachar. I'm paying you to take care of the animal. So you're, you're the dog-sitting company, you're the dog hotel. I deposit my dog with you, 
and your job is to take care of it. When I come back, the dog is, no, is not there, and you tell me it's me, it was stolen. Shuat Hashem tiye ben shnehem im lo shalach yado bimlechet reyehu. The dog hotel owner has to take a shvua that he didn't steal my dog. And the owner then takes it and does, and, and there will be no payment. The, what, which owner? It takes what? We've just said, there's no payment. He's taken a shvua. It wasn't my fault. The animal was stolen. I'm very sorry. Nothing I could do about it. I did everything that I could. There was no negligence. The animal was stolen. What's the lawyer? What's the velakach ba'alav? What are you taking? If it was stolen, then he has to then he has to pay for it. So that that piece of of, of chumash we, we need to understand, and it's very difficult because why does he even have to take an oath? Who's who's claiming money? The dog owner is claiming money from the dog hotel. What's the din normally? If you want money, you prove it. I've told you that the dog was stolen. You want to? You want me to pay? Prove that it wasn't stolen. No, says the Torah. I can impose a shvua. I can say to you, so are you willing to swear you don't have the dog or that you didn't do the damage or that you weren't negligent? The Torah and the Gemara says in Shvuot, Kol anishbaim shebatorah anishbaim v'lo meshalmi minaylan da'amar krav v'lakach ba'alav v'lo yishalem mishalav d'shalem lo shvua. An important principle in Gemara Shvuot, which we'll get to, is that a shvua is only to release yourself from financial responsibility. You can't use a shvua to, to, gain, to, to gain money. I can't, I can't swear and then claim, use my oath to claim from you. If I'm going to claim from you, I need witnesses. I need aidim. But if you're claiming from me and I don't have witnesses to defend myself, a shvua can be used to defend myself against your claim. Says Rashi, based on, on our Gemara here, what is it that this owner takes? The owner, so I, who deposited the dog at the dog at the dog hotel, the dog hotel says, sorry, we did everything we normally do. We, we were very, very careful, but your dog died. We had to get rid of it. It wasn't our, wasn't our fault. And I say, I don't really, I'm not sure that I believe that. Are you willing to swear that that's what happened? Then the Torah says, The dog hotel owner takes the shvua, accepts the shvua. What is this idea of Velakach Hashvua? He takes it. He takes it. Omar Ravuna, Omar Rav. Says Ravuna in the name of Rav in our Gemara. Manali biyadacha. Somebody comes and says, I gave you a hundred dollars to take care of. And he says, I'm sorry, it's gone. I don't have anything of yours. Venishba. And he takes an, a, a Shvua. So the owner says, I gave you $100. Do you agree? Yes, I, I remember. You gave me the $100, but it got stolen. or it, it, Something happened. It wasn't my fault. I wasn't in any way negligent. And so he swears. He said, and I'm willing to take an oath that I don't have your $100. After the oath, bow edim. Witnesses come along. Let's go back to the famous Rolex watch. So I ask you to take care of my Rolex watch while I'm traveling. I come back and you say, oops, sorry, the Rolex watch was, was stolen. Something happened. Let's say you're a Shomer Chinam, I'm not paying you, you're just doing a favor. The, the watch was stolen, the din is patur. I said, really? Your house with all this, the burglar alarming that you've got and the security that you've got and the guards that you've got outside your house, that's why I chose you. Stolen? Who stole it? I don't know. It was stolen. And I said, I'm not sure that I believe you. He says, I'll take a shvur. goes to Bezdin in front of the Aaron Kodesh, he makes a shvur. I received the Rolex watch from, from, from this person. I didn't steal it. I wasn't careless. It was stolen from me. Okay? 
A few weeks later, witnesses come to me and they say, do you want to know where the Rolex watch is? If you go to the bank deposit box of this person that you deposited with, you'll find the Rolex watch there. Are you willing to give evidence in Bayesian? Yes. We've got 10 witnesses. We saw him. The bank manager is a witness. The clerk at the bank who opened it is a witness. Friends of the person are witnesses because they went out with him one night and he was wearing the Rolex. And they said to him, where did you get this Rolex? And said, no, I keep it in the bank. It's absolutely sure that he's got it. What's the din? Patur. He can carry on wearing the Rolex for the rest of his life. What a strange halacha. How can you learn this Ravuna uh, Omarav as I did and then carry on with the daf? How can you, how can you carry on? What does this mean? Says Rav, that's what the Posuk says. The owner takes the oath as Rashi's, you accept the oath, the lawyer shalem, and under any circumstances, the person who was looking after it never has to pay. Once the owner accepts the oath, there's no longer a financial responsibility. I understand maybe if we're talking about money. And he said, maybe the money's gone, so he, the money isn't there. But the Rolex is there. He goes out the next night wearing the Rolex. And I come and say, that's my Rolex. And he says, ah, sorry. Sorry, we were in Bayesian and you accepted the Shvua. Isn't it a nice Rolex? And he carries on walking off. It's not true. The truth is, Rav said, even with a Rolex watch, because the Torah is talking about a pikadon, it's talking about an object, it's not talking about money. Of course it's so with money as well, but even if it's a Rolex watch, or a dog, or a cow, whatever it is, that's what the halacha is. Why? What, is, what does this mean? What does this halacha mean? And I believe what we're talking about here is the mechanism for ending suspicion. I gave you the Rolex watch. You claim it's gone. It was stolen. You've got no witnesses. I've got no witnesses. We all agree that I gave you the watch, but we've got no witnesses of the facts as to what happened after I gave you the watch. For the rest of my life, I'm going to suspect that you've got the watch. There's nothing you're going to do that's going to avoid that suspicion. What, what can you do? Says the Torah, there's a shvur. But the idea of a shvur is to put an end to suspicion. It doesn't put an end to suspicion if I still think to myself, if I could only find witnesses, I can still get it back. So then you've achieved nothing with the shvur. The purpose of the shvur is that if a person says, look, we've got no evidence. You suspect me. I didn't do it. I'm willing to hand my destiny over to Hashem. Hashem knows what's happened. And with the shvur, I give my destiny over to Hashem. Let Hashem decide what will happen to me. Under such a circumstance, uh, I say, okay, if, if you're willing to go that far, I'm willing to leave it alone. But the idea of the shvur is so that you can drop it. And suspicion is a poison that you can never get rid of. But with a shvur, you can get rid of it. You really, you're willing to take a shvur, okay. Then I, then I back down, then, then it's, uh, it's over, I accept it. But if I know that I could still bring witnesses to get it back, even after you've taken a shvur, I'll still never let it go. So the shvur would not have fulfilled its purpose. So the Torah has to build in this din of Rav, that once a shvur is made, the case is over, and the Rolex now belongs to the Ganev. It's just a, it's an unusual thing, because if we don't do that, the whole mechanism of shvur cannot work. If you don't guarantee the parties that once a shvur has been take, taken place, the case cannot be reopened. If we, you don't guarantee that, then the suspicion never goes away. 
and you live with the poison that is before uh, it erodes your own body because you're always going to think 10 years later you're going to be looking for witnesses maybe I can find maybe somebody will see this person with a Rolex maybe somebody will tell me what actually happens and you're living your life thinking about this and not, and not letting go it's terribly important to be able to let go of suspicion there are many things we've got to learn how to let go of but one of them is suspicion to be able to get over a suspicion so, so that's the mechanism of the shvur. It's just, it's, it's a necessary absurdity. Rav's din is absurd, but without that absurdity, the whole system of shvur doesn't work. So that's where we're at. The Shulchan Aruch says it comes from the Rambam. In a situation now, so you've got the Rolex. I ask for it. There's an old story. You say it was stolen. We go to Bezdin, you say, I'm willing to take a shvur. There are no witnesses, I can't prove it, but I'm willing to take a shvur. I say, right, take a shvur. Omrim zelazeh, the people standing in Bezdin say to one another, Suru na me'al ha'ile. Keep away from these wicked people. Really? Wicked people? Firstly, who's wicked? Who's done anything wrong so far? At worst, maybe the, the person who was looking after the Rolex did something wrong. Maybe he stole it, but what has the Rolex owner done wrong? What has he done wrong? What's the shame? Why are they both wicked? Says the smile, It implies that they are both wicked. Once I see you really are willing to swear, I should have let go at that point. I understand I'm suspicious. I understand you can never let go of suspicion. But there's a mechanism to let go of, of suspicion. Shvua. The idea of a shvua is to force you to admission. The fact that you're willing to take the shvua and not admit to, to having stolen the Rolex, surely that's enough. I should say that, but you know what? You don't actually have to take the shvua, the oath. I'm not going to put you in that situation. And I should back down. Not to cause another person to take a shvua. But he stood by his rights. I insist that you take the shvua. That's reshut. That's also wicked. Says the, says the Sema, even if the, 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 the oath is an honest oath, there's no, there, he wasn't a thief. But forcing a shvur in a situation where you could have backed down is in itself reshut. The Hagos Maimonius on the Rambam brings a Rabbeinu Tam, who says, oh, for the same, the same question, Your wickedness is you shouldn't be doing business with somebody you don't trust, because it's going to bring you to suspicion. And you say, but I'm covered and I've got contracts and I've got the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, co the contracts will help you in court, but they will never help you get rid of the poison. The poison will be suspicion. You suspect your business partner of something. Uh, you have a whole, a whole issue. You go to court. It's resolved in court. It's found in his favor in court. That's fine. The case is over. The claim is done. The poison will, will live with you forever. You'll always be suspicious that he that he, he wrangled something that wasn't an honest outcome. That's the nature of court cases. You never get over that. The, the person who wins accepts the outcome. The person who loses accepts it technically, transactionally he accepts it, but he doesn't accept it emotionally. Does he get rid of that of that suspicion? The the idea of chashad becomes a really important thing. Doing things which cause chashad manufactures poison. It's other people who eat the poison, but we still shouldn't be doing that. If I do something that causes you to be suspicious of me, I've manufactured the poison. You've eaten the poison. And that's going to cause, that's going to cause you suffering. 
but I was the one who caused it. So we're not allowed to do things that cause chashad. But more than that also, we're not allowed to put ourselves in situations, as the Hagos Maimonides says, where we can come to chashad. And we should know that in business, inevitably, there are going to be situations where if you don't trust the other person, you will have subconscious suspicion. Who knows what they did? My employee, did he really work? Did he really do the best he could? Was he really there when he said he was there? Uh, he's working remotely. How many hours is he actually working remotely? And I can have all the proof in the world and the work is done and inside me there's this niggling suspicion. You never get rid of that. Always be careful, says the Rabbi Natami in the Hagos, Mamonius. Deal with people you trust so that you don't land up in a situation where you're afflicted with suspicion, the poison that cannot be gotten rid of.